Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to the best damn NFL podcast, period. I'm Rodney Pete. He's the Hall of Famer, Eric Dickerson, and our guest today is the man. He is the pride of Long Beach Poly. My man, Deshaun Jackson. D-Jack, what's going on, man? Man, I, I, I like that intro, man. Hopefully my name can be say, said shit Hall of Famer one day, man. Shit, that, that's what I'm, trying, I'm trying to reach to ED, ED man. You know what I mean? That's, that's, hey, hey, Deshaun, that's 2105 right there. That's hey, 2105. Man. Hey, bro, you don't want to be, you don't, you want, you want, you don't want to be beat up like me, Sean. I'm, I'm beat to hell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, shit, you probably, you still, still look good. You still look like you can run that, run that rock a little bit, man. Uh, yeah. if, I, if they gave me that rock, I'd throw it at somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not running, you're not hey, running between let, the let, tackles. Let, let, let the tension go that way. <laughs> the nine-man fronts. <laughs> yeah, speaking of nine-man fronts, man, they can't play any nine-man fronts with what you guys got going on at the Rams, brother. Talk about Talk about just I want to get into, first of all, just the atmosphere this past Sunday. Uh, obviously, the hype of that game with Tampa Bay coming to town, then the stadium being filled and how loud it was, how electric it was. What was it like playing on, on Sunday in that kind of big stage at SoFi? Man, honestly, man, it, it was like none, none before, man. I mean, you know, you really don't kind of get the atmosphere from being in L.A. Like, you know, we were not really known – you know, besides when, when ED was here, but for, you know, Los Angeles to have a football team, you know, me growing up, I didn't get to experience that. You know, I was born in 86, so growing up, we didn't have no team here. So for me, it's huge to see, you know, how much of a football town this could be, you know, like every game so far we've had. And, you know, last year they didn't have fans at the stadium, but this year, man, every game we have so far, man, the fans, they coming out, they showing out. And they really support, man. I, I love the atmosphere, man. This is a special atmosphere. And uh, it's unique because, like I say, L.A., you don't really – it's not known for a culture of an NFL team like that. You get what I'm saying? As far as my ear. Yeah. So, for me, kind of coming back home and witnessing like this, man, like, as you can hear – I mean, I don't know if you heard Tom Brady, but he said, man, that noise was like one of the, one of the top he's ever been in stadium-wise. And it's just like that atmosphere, that fans coming up, they showing up, bro. And it, it's a good place to play, man. It feels good. Sean, you're right, because um, when I think of I – we talked about it yesterday, Rodney, um, you know, not having a team here for so long. Right. And then all of a sudden, uh, how electrifying it was Sunday, you know, for for the Rams being here. Because, listen, like I said, let's be always honest, you know, um, since the Rams, the Rams left and went to Orange County, the Raiders kind of took over L.A. Yeah. They went to – when they went to St. Louis, they really took over L.A. The Raiders took over L.A. And they're coming back. I mean, there's a lot of Rams fans here, a lot of them. And I think we're seeing that. And so I think for, for, for you as a player, you know, how important is it for you to have a team here in L.A.? You know, and you're from L.A. That's the best, that's the best part of all. Yeah. You know, you're from L.A. You know, you're from L.A. You, you know, like I said, uh, Long Beach Pilot, went to Cal. I mean, is, 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 it, is it different? You know, like you played in Philly, you played in Washington, but is it, is it that different playing back at home? Yeah, I, I think, like, the biggest thing – and I, I want to go back to the preseason because the preseason game we actually played because you spoke on the Raiders. We actually had a preseason game versus the Raiders, and I felt like we was the away team, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Raiders came in there. I ain't seen nothing but black, black and uh, silver all through the stadium, man. So, I mean, I was like, man, I, I hope this don't get like this during the season. But, you know, since the season, man, we've been having a great outtake as far as our, our Ram fans and – you know, for me, it's special, man, to be back home. Like you said, born and raised here and grew up inner city. Like, you know, I'm really heart and soul L.A., man. Like everything about me is L.A. So for me to be able to be in my 14th season and coming back home and still playing at a high level, um, man, I, I, I could just only imagine, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, think too far ahead, but – if, every, if everything aligns, man, that we keep playing how we play, man, it, it's going to be a special year, man. But – uh. You know, with, with knowing that and knowing, you know, the Super Bowl's here, I just feel like our team, we know we know what we capable of doing, but we don't want to peak too soon. We want to just take it one week at a time 
And I think, you know, we got a lot of veteran players that's been, you know, played through some great ball. And we all know if we look at every week, like we zero and zero and we coming in one week at a time that we want to be one and oh every week. I think the sky's the limits for this team. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of speaking of home, D, uh, has it been tough, easy? Ticket request. I mean, what's it been like? What's it been like coming back home? Because some people, some people don't want to come back home and play. I don't know about you, Ed. Did you ever want to go man, back? To I Texas? didn't want to. Man, are you kidding me? No, I didn't want to go down to Houston at all. <laughs> yeah, man. What's it been like, D? Ticket request. Uh, you know, it was crazy because when I came back home, I, I just had the mentality where you know I changed my number. You know, I really locked in. I focused in. You, you, you know, I'm born and raised here once again. So even, you know, throughout my 13 years before I came back here, you know, I always had the mindset where when I when it's time for football, like that's first, that's the number one priority. I'm not, you know, not to say I ain't partying, but, you know, you, you, I'm older now. So it's like I, I didn't got all that stuff on my system. So when I came back, I wanted people to know that I'm coming back home. I ain't coming back to be hanging out in the clubs and yeah. chilling yeah. and family calling me, come over. No, like I'm, I'm really locked in on – you know, taking the best out of this opportunity because I know how special this opportunity can be, especially with McVay's success. You know, what I've been able to see him accomplish his fifth, what is good fifth year he's been here. So for me, man, I, I passed that over to my mom. I got one of my uh, assistants kind of handed on my tickets. So I could really focus in because it definitely gets crazy. I do get a yeah. few texts and people are like, I need tickets, I need four tickets, I need eight tickets. So I try to keep it to like two and back <laughs> out. All I can do for you is two tickets, leave me alone. <laughs> That's it too. Yeah. Man, and they think right. everybody think we get them for free. That's everybody the think we get all of them for free. <laughs> I gotta pay for these tickets. It man. Is. This shit ain't free. <laughs> exactly. For real. Uh, Sean, man, I, I, I want to ask you this, man. I, I uh, on Sunday, it was two plays. First of all, I was, we just talked about, about you yesterday. Man, you are fast as hell. And this is your 14th year. In your 14th year? Yes, sir. Man, let me tell you something. Yeah. Um you're we fast. talked about ED. Was it? It's people that are fast, and then, then there are people then, that can take the top off the cup. No, then, then, then that woo wee. Yeah, you you still got that woo wee fast. Yeah. Uh, it was two plays that, that you got. Uh, did he underthrow you, or did they hit his arm? He hit uh, Stafford's arm because mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you came over. So I'm like, God dang, how's he got over fast? Did he yeah. underthrow you, or, or, or did, did he hit, did hit his arm, or what? Yeah, one, the, the first one, um, I, I just think he misjudged the throw. He didn't really, you know, like I, I tell McVay, you know, McVay tried to get me during the week to, to hit them high speeds. And I say, I'm going to give you what I got, but the game, it, it, the adrenaline pumping a little bit different in the game. And I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you can yeah. co-sign it. The game's a little different, man. It's just I don't got that that same juice in practice, even though I try to give it my best. But, you know, uh, I tell McVay all the time, like, you know, man, shit, the games is going to be a little different. So I think the first one, he just kind of misjudged the throw. And then the second one, his arm got hit by, uh, by a defensive tackle. He couldn't really step into it. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, the thing to me, man, is like people tend to forget, man. It's like, you know, the past two years I didn't, you know, had a few injuries and, you know, haven't been out on the field as much. So I think, you know, a lot, a lot of people kind of just – sleep on me still man it's like you know where i've been through in my career and what i've accomplished and what i've done you know people say oh he's injury prone or he's not fast he lost his step whatever you want to call it but at the end of the day man it's just the opportunity presents itself and every every time my opportunity presents itself to me i'm gonna make the most out of my opportunity so for me man you know i i love that underdog mentality i love for people to sleep on me i love it for people not to be talking about me because i know what i'm capable of doing i know the hard work i put into it i know the hard work the dedication and for me, I, I love to always prove people wrong, man. So, like, I, I, I hear the noise. I ain't, I ain't focused on it, but I hear it. And guess what? I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Because, like I said, year 14, still running by dudes. When I'm stepping on the field, these dudes was 24 years old. These dudes was in elementary and middle school when I first started playing. So, they be like, oh, my God, I'm a fan of you. But I'm like, at the moment, I'm like, cool, but I'm still finna get in your ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you keep playing. You're going to be you gonna be like, I, you know, I played old enough to play with some of the cats. I played with kids. That ended up coming into the league. Sure. I'm like, damn, I'm old as hell. I, I'm playing against your kid. I remember when you was running around. Um, so, so talk about that, McVeigh, and and you playing, especially in this game against Tampa Bay, because you didn't play a, a whole lot of snaps in the first two games. Yeah, and it was almost like, okay, Tampa, we got something different. We got something new you ain't seen yet, yeah. and they and they unleashed you out there, and it looked like to to Eric's point. 
they were running in quicksand and didn't under and forgot how fast you really are and how dominant you can be in a game. Yeah, I mean, I, to 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 speak on the first two games, um, you know, the first game obviously we played Chicago Bears Sunday night. For me, you know, first game back at home, um, I ended up catching like two catches for like twenty three yards. Um, you know, not really. No, for me in that game, it kind of kind of got out of hand. We hurried up offense. Cooper Cup got deep one time. Uh, Van Jefferson got deep one time. So, and and talking to McVay, he just like it, it really it really wasn't no need for it. So he's like, you know, I, I I got this dynamite right here. Like I don't even got to use it because these other dudes that you know I got are just running by. So he's like that week that he just really didn't feel the need for it. And I was I was kind of understanding that I wasn't really you know worried about that. But then the second week came. And we played in um, Indianapolis, and it was kind of a tough game. And that week, I remember he had, like, a set number of plays for me, and he kind of never really got to him. And, uh, you know, I can remember sitting back in that game, and I was just on the sideline kind of, like, you know, just urging to get in there because I know, you know, once again, I know what I'm capable of doing, and I know how I can help this team win. So, for me, that was kind of a little frustrating moment to sit back and kind of just not really be able to get the opportunities in that game. But we ended up still winning. So, um, that next week – um, I just kind of went in his office and just had to talk with him, you know, a, a man talk face to face. You know, once again, me and McVeigh have a great relationship. So when I went in there, you know, I just was like, you know, I'm kind of confused about my role. You know, like you brought me here for a reason. Like, you know, let me let me be what you brought me here to be. And, you know, he basically told me, like, you know, he's been trying to figure out a role. And, you know, sometimes it gets tough because, you know, the way he calls plays is attacking the defense, attacking the defense. And sometimes he might not think about a D-Jack player certain things because it's just like what the defense is giving me, I got to basically call my offense off of that. So I respect and understood. And we we both left that meeting. You know, he basically said, like, I got to do a better job of finding ways to get you involved. And, you know, basically me, I just kind of told him, you know, I got to do a better job of just staying patient and when my number's called to be ready. And there you go, man. Last week, Sunday, man, he, he unleashed me, man. So exactly. I say it, it's still a new situation, just trying to figure out how to deal with these guys. You, I think Robert – Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, you know, they, they've they been playing in this office for a long time and they've been already having their their rhythm, you know. So to implement a new guy like myself that's older, that's not really getting as many reps and, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. So like I said, at the end of the day, man, I'm going to stay patient and when my number's called and be ready. How is it, how's it been playing with, with Matt Stafford? I noticed, like I said, it's only the third week, you know, with the training camp, but, you know, and like I said, you only played a little bit the first game and really hardly none in Indianapolis. But, but in this game here, I mean, to me, it seems like you're a big focal point. How has it been playing with Matt Stafford? Because for me, I mean, I always thought Matt was a great quarterback. He was just in a bad situation. And I think for you, you know, you you still playing. And I'm sure you say the same thing I say when you play. I've been on some bad teams. Like, man, you look on, you look on the other side and say, damn, why come I couldn't have an offensive line like that? Or you say, man, why come I couldn't have a quarterback like that or a play caller like that? Yeah, uh, man, he's special, man. The first thing I can say about him, man, he's a he, – he, he really – he slept on me. And, and what, the reason why I say it is because i always known him to be a, a good quarterback. They say when he was in Detroit, you know, he had uh, Calvin Johnson, um, a lot of success there, had, a, you know, Marvin, jo uh, Marvin Jones, a few other receivers that he's, you know, done well with. But you never was really able to see his full potential in Detroit. Right. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, he's never really made it. I can't say he's never made it to the playoffs, but, I mean – Whatever that run is, they never really got deep in, and it wasn't like they was a playoff contender every year. So fast forward into now having him and being able to work out with them, train with them in the offseason, training camp, and in these first few weeks, man, that, that dude's special, man. The reason why I say that, he be having defenders look crazy, bro. Like, he know where he's going to throw the ball, but he's not looking at you to the last minute. Right. The way he moves these defenders, like, he – he know he ain't gonna throw there, but he gonna look there, adjust the defense to go there. And you got defender safeties moving a certain way, and he going backside like his no look, bro. He throws the ball no look sometimes. Like he'll be looking at me in the left and throw it to the right. Like I like the dude's special, man. I I really think, you know, him being here with McVeigh, that's gonna be a dangerous duel right there, bro. Yeah, he's he, like you said, he's been able to, you know, expand his whole game since he got here with the Rams with with McVeigh. And, and to your point, we we all we Eric and I have talked about Jared Goff, where everything has to be perfect. Everything mm -hmm. has to be right for him to have success. Yeah. And like you were saying with Matt Stafford, those little intent, those little things like looking off. He know he's going over here, 
But he's not going. He's not looking there until the last minute. Where you don't even even to the point of last night where Jalen Hurts got picked off a couple of times. He's staring down the receiver, yeah, and yeah. you know that as a receiver, don't do that to me, man. Don't do that to me. Nah, you, you you can't do that in the NFL, man. Like I say, the big thing about these defenders, man. These defenders are smart. They know how to read body language. They know how to read eyes. They know how to read. They watching film. You get what I'm saying? So they know the tendencies of a quarterback. So. When he moves defenders, they really think it's real. Like they, they right. really think he's going to where he's going to, man. It's just like he out there toying with toying with the defense. Yeah. Has this been one of I mean, you played on a couple of teams, just like I did. And I played on some good teams and some bad teams. So far, has this been one of when you look at the roster, let's say the roster, is this one of the best teams you could say you've ever played on, or you played on one better before you think? I mean, I was I was just talking uh to one of my friends about that a few days ago. Um Man, I yeah, I think this this honestly, man, like you said, I done played on some good teams. You know, I done played with Vic. I done played in in in, in Philly when the 2010 season was supposed to be the dream team. We had all these additions, Nasiama with uh, Sante Samuels. You know, no good on and on. We had great teams in Philly, great but team. it's something about this team, man. It, it stands out. You know, you got two. Defensive players that are at the top of their position with Aaron Donald and Jaden Ramsey. And when I tell you shut down or dominant that no one can stop them, I mean, like to have two and one on one team on a defense that a team got a, a counter on, like, and then everybody else simultaneously plays good. Like, and they ain't even got to be stars, but they're playing all together. Like, this team is like, I mean, it's crazy the way I see our defense play together. It's crazy the way I see our offensive line play together. And besides Andrew Whitworth, who, who would you say is on our offensive line? And not to say they're they're nobodies, but as far as a big name people, you kind of wouldn't. I don't do do any of you guys. I came in. I came in yeah. one of them, right? I came in <laughs> the way they the way they the way they play together, man. Like like throughout the course of a game, you know, Stafford is sitting back in the pocket, bro. Yeah. Like he has no time. pressure. He's mm -hmm. distributing the ball. So, man, I honestly think, man, it, it it's got to be like the top one or two teams I've been on in my career, man, and it's it's special. Yeah, to Ed's point, I I felt the same thing. I played in Detroit. I was like, man, I wish I had that line over <laughs> on the other side. Give me that protection. Have looking at at Troy Aikman and getting drinking a cup of coffee before he threw the ball. Right. Uh, it, it was special. Um, Ed touched on it, but I want to go. I want to go back, man, because you you were drafted to Philly and you played there with Andy Reid as a coach, right? First, and then mm -hmm. and then Chip Kelly. What was the what was the Philly? experience like because I was there too so I was there for four years but uh that town is crazy but but playing in Philly and, and under those two coaches what was that like for you I think early on in my career um com coming in as a rookie coming in 2008 I came in we had uh we had Brian uh Brian Dawkins Brian Westbrook uh uh Donovan McNabb um man Sheldon Brown Lito Shepard like you know I, I came in at a time where we had a lot of veteran players that was very successful and, you know, some big time players in the, in the NFL that had a lot of success. Excuse me. Sorry. This dude got his phone. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, when I came in, man, I, I came in under a lot of, you know, veteran leaders, man. And they kind of just gave me the mentality. They, 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 they gave me the, the, uh, what to expect for they 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 told me right from wrong as a young guy you know so I mean a lot of these dudes nowadays they come into the NFL and they just think they're the world you get what I'm saying and not really have to you know uh, uh, take heave to a, you know an older veteran guy because you know nowadays you got all these sports announcers broadcasters pumping these dudes up like they all world they this but you still got to come to the league and earn your your, yeah. your respect and. You know, for me coming into the league, I had to earn my respect and I earned it. You get what I'm saying? I started as a, as a rookie. I came in and had almost a thousand yards, you know, like Pro Bowls at the Pro Bowl. So, you know, for me, it's like early on in Philly, like I, I, I loved it, man, because the success I had, the city was behind me. They loved me. Fast forward to when Chip Kelly came, played one year with him, had my career high, you know, stats, yards, catches, touchdowns. And it was like the year after that. I'm uh I'm being accused of being this big time gang member that's out here that you would thought I was a villain to the to the society and all this other stuff. And it's just like I kind of felt they 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 kind of just 
you know, accused me for something from being from where I came from, like being a, a kid that came from the, or, the organization did. I wouldn't even, or just the Philly. It was more Chip Kelly. It was, I, I, feel Kelly. Like, I feel like it was more Chip Kelly because he was the general manager when he was there. He was, right. Howie Roseman didn't really have control like that. It was Chip Kelly's team. Like when he came in, when I tell you me, Michael Vick, LaShawn McCoy, Jeremy Mackin, like we all didn't have a starting job. He said, there's nobody starting. You telling this to pro bowlers. First guys, round Yeah, pick, that's what I'm saying. He came in that first, way? He came in like nobody had starting jobs. Like we all had to earn. He, he had like a college mentality. So it was a like I liked his scheme and his offense, but I didn't like how he went around being a professional. And like he made us feel like we was back in college. And it's like, bro, I didn't already went through that phase. Like we right. I'm getting paid more than you. <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, you trying to tell me this and that. It's like I wasn't trying to think like that. But at the end of the day, this is how you making me feel. So fast forward, you know, I left. And like I said, they they accused me of all types of crazy stuff. Remind you, I never was a felon. I never went to jail, never had a, a, a record. I was clean as a spigot. So uh, fast forward it, leaving and when the, when going to Washington and playing in Washington for three years, I'm like, every time I played the Eagles, I'm going to kill them. Yeah. I'm going to make them feel every every time I get a, a chance to go against them, I'm going to make them feel it for, for, for them cutting me like that. So, you know, I, I had a lot of fun, but I, I really had the most fun the uh, Andy Reid era when, you know, the them guys I named was there and they kind of like helped me raise me and, you know, kind of teach me how they're supposed to be a, a pro. And since you said that, talking about being a professional, can you, because I mean, I, I can still think about when I was 20 to my 21 years old coming to the league and, and the things I used to do. And, and do you find yourself now thinking, man, I'm way different from that guy I used to be, even though you're still the same person, but, but you just, you learn more, you know, you say so you, you want to be more of a professional, you know, than you were because, you know, you, you, you're you 21, 22 years old, man. You know how we are. We young, you know, the, the girls, the partying. I mean, hey, we did it back in the 80s. It ain't, it ain't changed. It's just a different. It's just a different year. It's all it is. Right. So do you find you ever look back and think, man, wow, you know, I wasted time doing that or I'm glad I did that or I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to always get it out your system as long as you can get it out your system and you can catch it before it's too late. You know, I tell people all the time, I tell these rookies, I tell all these young dudes I talk to, man, I, I, I ran through millions, partying, private jets, clubbing, <laughs> girls, jewelry, cars. Like I did, I did all that. But what I can't say is I'm glad I caught it before it was too late. Cause you have people that don't catch it. You got it. You, you got people where mm-hmm. they, they catch yeah. it too late, where they, they still not getting that income. Yeah. You know, you know so for me, I just, I just look at it as, Get it out your system. You know, you you got one life to live, man. Live live it up, but just do it to extent. You know, do it to a moderate limit, limit, and and don't let it you know affect your job. If it's affecting your livelihood, and when you go to work, and if you going to work and you smell like alcohol, and you can't practice, you cramping up, you pulling muscles. I mean, coaches and trainers they gonna see that. You get what I'm saying? I I say I tell these young dudes all the time. If you able to upstand, I mean, upkeep it and whatever you want to do outside of work and you can still come to work and participate, stay healthy and play at a high level, then do what you got to do. But eventually it's going, it's going to hit you in your, it's going to hit you in your behind. Cause the older you it's get, gonna catch you. Yeah, yeah, the older you get, you know, I, I, I can't recover. Like I used to, I, was I, come, I come in the morning, I come in the morning the next day and I'm hurting a little more. So I like, hey. you know, just do it to a level where you can, you know, be moderate. Hey, D D Eric and I got to recover for three days after just playing golf. You feel me? Oh, <laughs> right. Back, hey, backs, joints, all types. All of it. All of it. All of it, man. Um, so I, I, I want to go back though, because I, I, I can't, I can't keep going without asking you this question. Because <laughs> you, you see what's behind me, man. You come out of Long Beach Poly, and Poly's got a history, a history of folks going to USC. Right. Why go to Cal instead of USC? Did USC not recruit you? Because you came out. I know. I thought everybody was recruiting you, but did SC not really go after you? Why Cal instead of uh, staying at home? So I'm, I'm gonna give it to you raw, uncut, straight facts. Yes. I kind of felt disrespected by SC, man. And the, and, and the reason and the reason why I say that, like you said, I had all the big time colleges: the SCs, the Florida States, the Miamis, the LSU, the Oklahomas. So on and so on. Like, I had offers from every top school. SC, they they knew the relationship between Long Beach Poly and SC. 
Right. Long Beach Poly funnels all the talent to SC. It was a kid by the name of Patrick Turner that came out the same year I came out. He was a wide receiver. He was from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I was number one in high school. He was number one in high school. They felt they had to promise him that number one to get him to come all the way from Tennessee to get him to play here. And they didn't look at me as like, oh, D Jaguar number one, too. And he wants that number impossible that we we got him and we know we got him. And this dude, we got to promise him a number to get him here. I know it sounds crazy, but for me, it's just like I kind of just feel oh. disrespected. No, it don't sound that, crazy at all. I wanted that number one. I, that, that number one feel different. You know, it, it give you a little more attention. <laughs> I don't know if y'all grew up Pop Warner or high school wearing the number one. But I that did. Number one. I did. I had Warren Moon. We had Warren Moon on uh, not too long ago, and I wore one all through Pop Warner. You and so me? I was like, I'm going. I'm wearing number one. I'm it's going with number. Yeah. It's something about that number one, man. So for me, like I said, I just feel like they just got cocky with me, man, and they just start really like giving out of towners and dudes like, you know, PT Patrick Turner more respect than me and, and showing them more love. So this was at the same time when you got to remember, I'm going to take you back a little bit. So this is when Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn right. Lynch, I think a year or two before I committed, they actually beat SC. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, do I want to go join the best or do I want to beat the best? And in my mind, I said, you know what, Cal, they, they, they turn the program around. They got Jeff Tefford, they got Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn. I was like, that's intriguing. Like, it was something about Cal that just stuck out to me. I could come in right away, start as a freshman. I ain't got to wait behind Mike Williams or Kerry Colbert or whoever else. Not to say I would have waited because I would have came in and still started. You know, that's just my swag. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to Cal and I, I just want to beat the best, bro. And, uh, it didn't work out quite that way, but every time I played that, see, they had about three or four dudes on me. So they was like, we're not going to let that little dude beat us. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you say that, man, because I, I think about when I, how, how I ended up going to SMU. Uh, I really wanted to go to Oklahoma, but my mother wouldn't let me. But and AM recruited the hell out of me hard in Texas. But I didn't like AM's uniforms. And, and it just this little stuff like that. It, it, people don't understand. When you're young, you think different. I mean, it's funny now, but I'm like, I just can't wear that Aggie uniform. And, and they got Yale leaders. They don't have cheerleaders. I, 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 can't, I can't go there. <laughs> little thing. Yeah. yeah. That's little stuff. I mean, but like you said, at number one. That meant, I mean, yeah. and then that, and that, that's big. Yeah. yeah. I told you that. I, I was like, I came to SC. And, and first of all, I played baseball. So I had eliminated a lot of other schools that didn't want me to play baseball. But there were a lot of schools that didn't want me to play quarterback either coming yeah. out of high school. So it was, you know, it was during that time. And I went to Stanford. I think I told you this, ED. I went to Stanford, and it was uh, it was three of the players at Stanford. It was uh, Mike Tolliver was a receiver there, and Toy <laughs> Cook was the defensive back, somebody else. And and they pulled me aside because they put the full-court press up there. They pulled, at Elway took me around and showed me around campus and did all that. And they pulled me aside and said, Stanford ain't never had a black quarterback, and they never will. Oh, they never will. They never, <laughs> never will. So you, you don't come up here. Don't come up. And this guy's on the team. Hey, hey, tell Stan- me, Stanford and UCLA, the only two Pac-10 at the time they was Pac-10. Them the only two schools that didn't offer me, but they knew they wasn't gonna have a chance anyway. <laughs> like we're not gonna waste an offer on this dude. He ain't even coming. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> when you think about think think about playing, who do you think? Is your like I said, a guy that like man, me and him, we battle at, we go at. I mean, it's, it's one, it's one defensive back in particular. Like man, me and him, we we go at. I, I can think of guys like for me when we played the Bears. Uh, Otis, you know, you remember Otis Wilson, uh, Rodney. Oh yeah, oh Linebacker. yeah, man, oh, yeah. oh yeah, man, I would, man, me and him would go at it. I, I remember I played. I'm like you, black money. <laughs> He's like you, bitch. I mean, we be we be going. We be going at it. I just saw Otis two years ago. And man, I said, Otis, man, I said, you know I hated you, Sarah. You know I hated you too. <laughs> man, people don't people don't realize some of the stuff that's being said on the oh, floor. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah, it get real. Um, man, honestly, and 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 this this just my honest opinion about this. So people ask me that question out there, like, who the best corner you went went up against? And for me, man, like it's kind of hard to kind of give somebody that crown and not to say I don't think nobody's good, but a lot of times when I was playing people, they always had safety help. It was rare, especially early in my career, it was rare that I really had a corner that would just play me man to man the whole game without a safety help. 
just because of my vertical thread and my deep speed and, you know, whatever it was that I was doing. But I I, I, I would give credit. I give credit to uh, 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 dang, Champ Bailey. So mm-hmm. I, w- I was a rookie and I got a chance to play Champ Bailey when he was in Denver. Champ Bailey gave me a hard time. Champ Bailey was a long, long corner and he got me at the line of scrimmage one time. And he was like, young fella, you got to do something more than me to just try to use that speed and run up. <laughs> I said, you know what? He, he, he didn't, he didn't want to top me to double move now because I was like, I just can't just go run because I'm fast now. So, you know, I, w- I would say like a Champ Bailey, uh, me and Dale Revis had a few battles. to lead was a pretty good battle. And uh my last one would probably be like Richard Sherman. Them, them dudes, we, we used to always battle pretty, pretty tough. Them, them, them dudes right there. But oh, yeah. As far yeah. as anything else, man, like I said, I used to be like, man, tell your defensive coordinator, just leave you on the island all game. It's just me and you one on one because I'm going to burn you all day. <laughs> they wasn't doing it. They wasn't doing, they wasn't doing it. it. Since they're not doing that, uh, you know, <laughs> on the flip side of that, I know they didn't play you one on one, like you just said, but on the flip side of that, who was that? team or that 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 secondary you were like man because we we, ed ED and i talk about it all the time man i'm about to eat today i'm about to have me about 300 today was there teams that you played against you went up against you like oh man this is gonna be a feeding day so i want i want to i want to give credit to two teams so one team that i i think did a good job of playing versus me was the ravens that was when air reed Mm-hmm. And uh, Ray Lewis was back there, and they had McAllister. Right. I remember one time Mike Vick dropped back and threw the ball deep. And that boy, when I tell you, Airy was in the middle of the field, and I was all the way over here. Mike Vick threw the most perfect ball. I looked up, caught it. I'm looking just like this at the corner of my eyes. Airy coming in and smacked me on the sideline. Boy, I said, boy, you something. I was on the sideline tossing and turning. <laughs> I'm like, damn, he smacked me. But, uh, you know, I credit I credit the Ravens old school defense. They did a good job. And, you know, I was probably one of the toughest defenses I battled. But on the flip side of your story, it was something about them Cowboys. Man, every time we played the Cowboys, I used to be licking my chops. Oh. <laughs> respect, a lot of respect to Terrence Newman. He's an OG of mine, but I kind of caught him in the later in his career. And uh yeah, I used to uh Brandon Carr used to boy, I used to run through the Cowboys, you know, because you gotta think being in the Eagles, we was a rival. Oh, yeah. So every time I got to play the Dallas Cow, I used to be licking my chops, boy. <laughs> I can relate to that. I feel the same way. I just love to play the Cowboys. For sure. Jerry's Rule? Oh, yeah. We're going, we going on TV, national yeah. television. Everybody yeah. love the Cowboys. Yeah, oh, yeah. we went Jerry. We, we played old-ass stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that was that. Texas, they had that Texas Stadium. We had a, hole, a hole in the roof. A hole in the roof. Oh, te- with, that, hey, with that crown on the field. Yeah, how, the crown on the field. Right. How, how was it for y'all, man? Because I ain't really get a chance. I mean, when I was in high school, I, I played in Hawaii on that turf. But how was it for y'all playing on that turf, man? Because that turf was like concrete, really, man. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Some of the worst turf was in Philly. Philadelphia. I'm probably the only one you got this. Yeah, yeah. that, that was one of the worst turf yeah. fields in the National Football League. There, uh, the Astrodome, and, and New, England, New England Patriots. They, they were the worst fields. And Chicago had a hard in the Chicago also. But you know, the turf back then was it was right. it was turf and a little the bit man. pad up under. So it was yeah. really it was little like pad, little cement. pad like that, and it was yeah. cement. Well, I mean, never like that. It was, it was cement. Yeah. Concrete. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. It was concrete. Oh, do y'all do y'all have a, like a lot of injuries still from that? Y'all think a lot of stuff caused like knees and stuff from that joints? One hundred percent. I think. I think it's just just the wear and tear on that type of surface. Yeah. Get it to like you. Like on concrete. Yeah, it really was. It really was. I mean, really? I. And and from back neck, I mean, so many people used to get before you got there. And right as I was in Philly, I left right when they built the link. So uh, I played in that vet for my four years in Philly. And, you know, they played baseball. The Phillies played there, too. Man. So the way they would do the field is that they would just put big patches of turf over the dirt. Over the dirt. And, and it would be uneven. It was holes and stuff. They had yes. I think was that Belichick that was like we not playing or, or yeah. it was the Ravens. I think they was like we not playing on this turf. Yeah, yeah. So, a couple okay. team camp. They canceled one in Philly. They canceled one in at the old Astrodome when the turf rolled up one day, one game too. Yeah, I got yeah. my I got, I got my foot caught on the turf in the Astrodome. But I'm gonna tell you, playing in Philly, what just playing in Philly? That, that turf was hard. 
But I'm going to tell you something, boy. That defense, they would hit your ass, uh, man. With Reggie White and them. Oh, Jerome they would Brown hit your them, ass, man. man. I'm talking about they would hit your ass, boy. Brian Dawkins ever caught you before? I didn't play against Brian. He was young. He's way younger than me. Way younger. Yeah. Way younger than me. But I'm going to tell you, bro, that defense. And, and Philly was dirty. See, they, they were dirty, too, because they had Buddy Ryan. They were dirty, too. Oh, yeah, Buddy Ryan. <laughs> oh, Corey Buddy. Vincent, oh, Corey yeah, Vincent buddy. didn't play versus you either, huh? Nah, that? he's younger. He's younger than me. Who, who, who? Ricky Waters was playing when you was playing. No, he's younger than me too. Yeah, yeah. You see, I'm old. She see, who, who you play? No, Clark. Man, she's you the reason why I wear the the, the Dickerson still to this day. The, the so face I'm, mask. I'm, <laughs> hey man, come on, they named that after you, bro. The face <laughs> mask. Man, I I wore that. Face. Matter of fact, here this shit here, right? This is Kyle. Hey. You're the reason why I wear that, man. Trust me, man. I've been, I've been watching you forever, bro. I wear the college. But guys, I played I played against L, like LT, um, Daryl Green. I'm old, old, all of all, us guys, we all 60 years old. You know, we're yeah. in our 60s. But like the, you know, who, who, I, was I on the, who was on the Eagles when you played against them? We played uh Reggie, Reggie, uh, Reggie White was there. Jerome uh, Brown. Jerome Brown, man, that boy could play. Yeah. Seth, uh, Seth Joyner was the back. Right? I still call Dirty Seth Joyner Turk that dirty head. Dirty remember, Seth. remember, uh, God rest his <laughs> soul, Andre Waters. Oh, I never say Andre, Andre Dirty Waters. Dirty Waters, boy. He died, he died but yeah, Andre yeah. Waters. And Wes Hopkins, we went to school together, went to SMU together. He was dirty in college, and he played on my, and he was even dirtier in the pros. He played for the Eagles. Where, you, where are you from, ED? I'm from Texas. You're from Texas? SMU. Yeah, from Texas. DJ, I want to ask you about that, because... We're talking about when we played and how the game was different and what they could do and all the rules and stuff that they get away with. Now, as a receiver, because when, when we played, it was it was a thing about going across <laughs> the middle, right? It was like, you can't, <laughs> as a quarterback, don't, don't throw it high, don't put them in a bad situation because mm -hmm. they're going to get lit up. When you started in 2008 until where it's now, how has it been different in terms of just the contact that's not allowed on the defensive side. It's night and day, bro. I, I tell these young dudes all the time. When I, my first three year, I think, because we had the new CBA, I want to say 2010 or 2011 is when they implemented the new CBA. But my first three years, bro, when I tell you all that stuff that's flying now, yeah, bro, I, I honestly tell these dudes all the time, I, I could probably play 20 years with this, this new CBA and the way they change these rules. And, you know, we don't practice as hard as we used to practice. practice. When I first came to the league, we had training camp was two a days, and it was a practicing padded practice in the morning, shells in the afternoon. But nowadays it's padded and you got to walk through. So I'm like, you know, it's it's a big difference. So I'm like, man, y'all, they, they got it right now where people could play 20, 15, 10, 20 years if they really wanted to, if they took care of their body and they did what they need to do. So I think the game's changed a lot. And uh, some of the stuff I do like it because, you know, it's the protection of the of the game and the players. but then you then it's like some some stuff is doing too much too. It's like you they, like you might as well be out here playing tag football, right? Like, like they, I think don't, I think they protect the quarterback way too much. I mean, you got to protect them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I just feel like golly, you can't you can't you can't touch if you touch them up here with your hand. You know, about to they all. You can't tackle them. Yeah. You can't tackle them because if you fall on top of the quarterback, that's a penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, we're, if, if they feel like you driving your way into them, it's like yeah. you got to tackle them and then kind of roll off of them, yeah. which I think. Man, she did. They still the running back ain't got no help, so you know they still killing us. <laughs> um, Ed, you got anything else? Uh, man, boy, that's I, I what I want to ask you, Sean. Did you run track? That's I've I, 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 I been wanting to ask you that forever. Did you, did you run track at all? Yeah, I ran track uh, my earlier years and uh, you know, growing up, basically from maybe like like seven years old to. Probably like 16, 15, 16. So when I got to high school, my pops was like so into me, like playing baseball. I grew up playing baseball too. I played baseball, basketball, football, ran track. And it was like when I got to high school, it was hard to run track and play baseball because, you know, it's around the same time. So my pops was like, you know, I'm taking you all across the world. I'm putting you in this sport, putting you in that. Nigga, you going to play baseball for me. <laughs> so it kind of, it, it kind of completely. It conflicted with uh, running track, and I was like, oh, I'm going to play baseball. But I ended up, you know, getting drafted in baseball and, and coming out of high school my senior year. But they wanted me to give up football, and I was like, I ain't, I ain't really had a love for baseball like that. So I ended up, you know, just being dedicated and staying with the football thing, man. I think everything turned out for a reason. But whoever watching this back home, kids, parents, 
put your kids in baseball because that guaranteed money, <laughs> if I could do it all over again, I probably would have got some of that guaranteed money in baseball. Yeah, that's long, like me, but long guaranteed, money. Guaranteed money. I just think it has to I want to talk about these cars. Tell me some of the vintage yeah. cars you have, because my boy Gene McClendon was telling me about your cars. So tell, oh, yeah, and, and tell me how you got into them. How'd you get into them? Man, so just growing up, man, in L.A., man, like I can remember when I was younger, I used to be on Crenshaw, and I was probably like past my bedtime back in the day, because Crenshaw used to be the spot for everything. If you get an old school car, you got hydraulics, you got an Impala, you going up and down Crenshaw and everybody. I was just the spot, man. So I got in the cars just by looking at them when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I got a, a 63 Impala, like I was telling you. I bought it when I was in Philly. It's a, a green, the Eagle green, a peanut butter inside. I actually just cut it, so I'm putting some uh, hydraulics on it. Uh, I got a 69 Camaro. Man, it's, it's, it's been in the, sh in the shop for about five years, man. I'm doing a lot to it. So uh, hopefully pretty soon it can be done. It's almost done. Got an 87 El Camino. 87 is the last year they they made the El, the El Coast too. So that was, yeah, that was a special uh, special one for me. I love the El Coast growing up. And uh I got a uh I got a two a two thousand, I want to say it's a 2001 um old Corvette. It's the Harley Davidson uh, version of it. And uh yeah, man, that's kind of it's kind of how I got into it, man. I I'm a, I'm I'm kind of like an old soul when it comes to cars because I love old school cars just Something about when you hop in that old school car and you got them old white folks and everybody looking at you. Like, How that young black dude know know anything about an old school car? So you know it just it feels good because everybody like, what year is that? Can I buy that from you? I'm like, nah, this ain't for sale, baby. <laughs> you, you, you got in with the hydraulics? Anything jump off the ground? Yeah, yeah, I got in there with it. <laughs> now are you are you uh are you hands on with it with the with the cars or you get you got I got somebody yeah I got somebody to do all my work for for me but um you know I, I'm I'm pretty hands on you know in my '69 I got an LS3 in there so it got about a thousand to, to the wheels so you know I'm kind of hands on but then I got people to kind of do it for me too because at the end of the day like uh, I feel like a car man can be a dangerous thing if you're not getting the right done the right work done to it you know and it's your life is in jeopardy if you out there driving a car that ain't been done the right way. So for me, I'm very in tune to my cars and what's being put in my cars and just the ins and outs of them because I, I definitely want to know. Yeah. So I saw I saw Jalen Ramsey. I don't know, was it? I don't, he, he, he came to the game. I don't know if you, you saw his outfit. His, his mariachi outfit. Mariachi, yeah. what's, it, what's it called? Mariachi. Mariachi, yeah. Oh, yeah. mariachi outfit on. Well, what kind of, I, I saw the car. He got the Ram colored car. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, man, he all the way in. Hey, man, that dude, man, that. I ain't gonna lie, when I when when I seen it, I was like, boy, you fly, you pulled that one off. Oh <laughs> and, and the reason why I say that, because you gotta think that's like like Hispanics, Mexicans, they wear that, oh, yeah. you know, when they do like a Cinco de Mayo. I'm looking at the date, I'm like, damn, is it May 5th? I mean, it, it ain't even May 5th. I still got the but I tell you, he hopped out the car, he had the car yeah. wrap. The, the yeah. car wrapped and everything. Oh, that boy was fly, boy. I I well, I was. I had him on my Instagram. I'm, I'm uh, filming. I'm like, boy, you pulled that off. I said, boy, that's cold, boy. So, man, it was fit tight. It looked good, man. He did his thing, man. I, I, I was, I was shocked that he he pulled that one off. That was a good look. He might win Outfit of the Year with that one. That was yeah, cold. That was good. Yeah, that, was good. that was good. And and it was, you could tell he was thinking about it because, like you said, the the Latino community in L.A. Man, Hispanic oh, community. They love. In LA. They, they they love him. Oh, they are, they already love him. They love him even more now. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but uh, y'all mind if I, we talk about my podcast a little bit? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah, fade the booth. Yeah, so fade the booth. If y'all can see, you know, I I, I entered y'all world, man, and y'all feel, man. I, I was sitting back. Like last year, man, I had suffered an injury. I broke my ankle, and I couldn't really do too much. So I'm like, you know what? Let me sit back and, you know, kind of figure out what's, what's something I could get into when I'm retired. Because I obviously, you know, 34 years old, I'm like, man, I ain't going to be able to play football forever. You know, injuries come into a point where I'm sure you guys had injuries, and it's like the world almost ended. you like, damn, I didn't suffer another injury. Like, oh, my, I don't know what's going to happen with my career. Like, I can't keep – it was all type of stuff going through my head. So I'm like, I'm sitting back. I'm like, man, my brother always had a camera around me. He always been filming. I'm like, I need to get into something where I could do where it's just natural, you know? So I was sitting back and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast, start my own podcast. And uh, I was actually going to do it with Talib when I first started thinking about doing it. And it actually didn't work out. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to just start bringing people on that I know and kind of give them an insight to my world, you know, and give, give my viewers a different perspective of the game because, you know, for me, I feel like we go through so much being professional athletes 
that the outside world don't really know. And it's like for me, just being able to have up and coming people, you know, uh, stars, celebrities, you don't even got to be an athlete. You could be an actress, model, you could be anything. It's just like it's something intriguing about me that I want to let other people hear how everybody had to go through adversity in life. Cause I feel like nowadays society feels like the odds are against them or once one bad thing happens, like I just need to quit and give up, you know? So I bring pe these people on, you know, had Lil Wayne, Michael Vick, Marshawn Lynch, Michael Rubin, who's a billionaire and who's a, a, a team owner for the 76ers and just kind of really just have authentic conversations, man. And just kind of let people know that, you know, it's not always perfect. You know, you got to go through, a, 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 a lot of reality to really understand that or not reality adversity to be able to be where we at, you know, from being a professional. So it's just like really opening up and giving the viewers, you know, something different to, to really view, man. And that's kind of how I got into it. And we dropped three episodes. They've been going pretty good. And I just having fun with it, man. You know, so if y'all can't check out Fade the Booth, it's on, um, you know, YouTube. Subscribe it, you know. Just show the love, man. Absolutely. Big things with it. Sure. Absolutely. What's 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 great about it is, and and you know this, Deshaun, because you've been in the podium, and, and Ed and I have, and and we didn't have social media. We didn't have anything like this when we were, when we were playing. Right. Thank, thank God we ain't had no social media when we were playing. Good and bad. Thank God we ain't had. Trust me, I know the bad. Thank God we had no cameras on them phones either. <laughs> um, but it also because back then all you heard, all the fans heard, was what you said in an interview or on the podium, or you know somebody got a, a glimpse of you. Now you can really talk in your own voice and let people understand what you're all about other than just the X's and O's. So you can, you can have your, you can have your own voice. So they can say whatever they want to say about you out there. But when they tune in to fade the booth or listen to you talk, it's, it's you, it's the authentic you, not what somebody else is putting out there about you. Yeah. And, and I think it almost gives you a, 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 a fair slate to kind of create your own narrative, you know, kind of yeah. going piggybacking off what you said. Um, it's, it's a lot of perceptions and, you know, sometimes perception is reality. But then again, if you never hear from my, my voice, you know, I done been through a lot of things. I done posted things. I done comment on certain things. It's like I, I get scrutinized for it. But to hear my intentions behind it, you'll have a whole different opinion after you hear my intentions behind something. You get what I'm saying? And really have an opportunity to speak on it because the media, they going to write what they want to write. They got to pay their bills and they got to get paid. And, you know, it's clickbait. You know, yep. and that's why with my with my with my podcast, I'm not on no clickbait or getting out getting somebody to say something so I can go get headline and news. Like, no, I already want real conversations, and I'm not putting nobody on the spot. Like, it's comfortable. If it's stuff you don't want to talk about, I'm not gonna talk about because I'm not here to to put anybody down or shed light on some yep. crap stories. Like, I'm I'm all about uplifting and showing love and peace to people. You get what I'm saying? It's enough crazy things that's going on out in the world. You know, you got mental health issues. You got people commit suicide like it's a real thing that's going on man it's you can have the most money in the world but going home and be miserable is all know what money can't buy happiness man so you know that's my thing i'm just trying to shed light on you know the real things that are happening in our world and how we can stick together as a community and as brotherhood and sisterhood how we can uplift each other man that's that's great because you, you know we talked about it like rodney said you know back in our era you know you know, we didn't have this, you know, when, when I, in my era, I was, I was a bad guy, you know, you, you thought you're too young. I was a really bad guy. Cause you know why? Cause I wanted to get paid and, and, and paid for me was, I just wanted to be paid like the quarterbacks. I was making, think about this here. I was the second pick in the draft behind John Elway. Elway makes a million dollars. I'm making 150,000. Now, mm -hmm. how is that right? I said, just pay me similar to him. Just pay me right. And, and you performing, was, and you performing. I, oh, I was, I was getting down. Shit, yeah. my first year, twenty-two thousand. My next year, you know, I'm, 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 I'm player of the year, rookie of the year, you know, and and still, but, but, you know, back then, when they wrote something, it was believed. We had no, we had no voice. So it's great, man. You know, Deshaun, that you're doing this because I just feel like a lot of times people have, like you say, sometimes perception is bigger than reality, and sometimes people perceive something that's really not like that, like you said they get a chance to hear from you. Like you, if you type something out, you text something, sometimes the text is misunderstood. Oh, you know, right. you talk to them. Oh man, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean, I didn't, I know you meant it like that. 
You know, uh-huh. now I got a different, I got a, I got a different perspective on it. So uh-huh. I think I think it's great you do that because you know a lot of us, especially the black athlete. You know, we talked we talked to Warren Moon. You know, last week. You know, and and I asked him about you know playing quarterback. You know, and 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 that that position because back then we had a chance to get Warren Moon. I played with the Rams, and and I heard about it. But we took another white quarterback from 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 Canada that was about five foot seven. <laughs> <laughs> and man, if I I'm taking it. All I needed was a quarterback against that Bears defense. I say that all if I'd have had a quarterback, that's all I needed. If we'd have had one, it'd been a different time. But just you know, need a little help. That's all you need. Sometimes you sometimes you just need a little bit of help, you know, yeah, and that's it. But I think it's great you're doing that because, like I say, for us, you know, it's different for us. We we live in a different. We live in the same world, but we live in a different world. I mean, let's just be honest about it. You know, it's it's, it's different. It's gonna always be different for us for being a black man. Uh, woman you know when you walk into a room you know uh you can walk in you walk you black automatically you can walk in and and be persian they don't look at you you know he's not putting that black they don't, they don't look at you the same you know you can walk in and be anything else you, you can you can you can walk in and be a killer but nobody know you're a killer you know if you're white you know they don't know they just say oh it's a white guy he's a white guy right. so for us it's always different but i think it's fantastic you're doing that and if you ever want to have me or rodney on man i'd love to come on your show I talk about myself. I got a book coming out, you know, at the end of this year. So I come out and come up and promote my book, talk, talk about the book, talk about, you know, my struggles. Cause I'm going to tell you something, brother, for me as a, as a, as a former football player, I'm like, it was not always fun. People think it was, I can talk, I can talk about the hate mail that I got that you, you nigga, you know, you yeah. niggas, all you niggas are just do just perform for us, you know, all that kind of stuff. And see, I, I won't forget. I asked Jim Brown this question. I said, Jim, I said, man, how hard was it playing? Back in that, you know, because I, I I got one of the old helmets. These, these old, old helmets you got. He said, he said, man, that was easy. He said, you know, the hard part was, was, was after the games. He said, the, you played on the field, that would let your frustration out. He said, the, the hard part was after the game. You know, you couldn't go to the restaurants and how they would treat you after. And you know what, think about it. When you think about a Jim Brown, you don't think about that. Like for me, people forget and you don't think you probably don't think of me, Rodney. You probably don't think I was in segregation. Like I went to the black school for a while. You know, you know, then I, you know, then I went to the white school. So you know, it's just it's it's a different. All of us brought up in different times, and you know, brothers like you, man, you you don't you don't realize how much you help, and you help a lot. So appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on our show. Appreciate that. And hey, man, I'm excited to have you. I'm just gonna tell you because. When I saw you ran by him, I'm like, God dang, brother <laughs> So, man, hey, hey, good, good luck, my brother. I appreciate it. And I definitely gonna, uh, I would love for y'all to come on the show, man. You know, I'm all about supporting each other, man, and just kind of uplifting, man. So I appreciate that. And uh, now nah, this was a good, this is a good, um, you know, segment we had. I feel like, you know, y'all two brothers are, you know, people that I looked up to growing up to, especially being black and, you know, in the community and the culture, man. So, you know, I'm doing my part. You know these, these young dudes nowadays are a little tough to work with, but yeah, I, man. So I, I, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep putting my foot on. Stay them, on them. Stay on them. I'm gonna stay on them, man. But nah, I appreciate y'all, brothers, man. Got it. Okay, man. All right, D. Appreciate All right, it, thank, brother. Thank appreciate you, it. Bro. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.